Welcome to Dream Believe, Never Give Up. My name is George D. Martino. You've got a great guest today. You're gonna to really enjoy this. We have Dr. Amanda Cassell. She has done extensive work in the empowered, highly sensitive person. She actually has a workbook out on Amazon. And she also has a book, The Self-Care Plan for Highly Sensitive People. And we're gonna have a great conversation today. I really think that this really ties into following your dreams and goals and understanding a lot of the barriers that hold you back. So I hope you enjoyed the interview and here we go. So welcome to Dream Believe, Never Give Up. Um, today, we've got Amanda Cassell. She's a clinical psychologist from Pasadena, California. She caught my eye on the internet about a year and a half ago or so. She has done a lot of research in the highly sensitive person, HSP. What I like about the title of your book is The Empowered highly sensitive person. For a lot of times I was just saying highly sensitive person, but then as I researched more, you know, and got into it, I actually realized how important that word was to the title of the book. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I really have enjoyed researching your work because it's opened up my eyes personally to a lot of things about myself. The joke that I wanted to, a story I wanted to share with you was that I always do everything like too much, you know? Mm. So I started diagnosing my, my friends. <laughs> and family <laughs> and uh <laughs> that's the downside of doing psychological research is you start to see it everywhere yeah and then i started like and then one night we're all having dinner friends and family around they're all saying he did he diagnosed me too he said you know so it's kind of funny and we all had a big laugh and that's like a typical george moment in life you know and then you also have a program that i want to talk about um later is the stem psychological services mm -hmm. where you work with science technology engineering and math with women and underprivileged groups mm -hmm. and i want you to tell us a little bit about that but let's let's start with the um the hsp the highly sensitive person you know i'm so interested in this because i work with people a lot that are following a dream or a goal what i've learned through this work is that a lot of who we are has to do with whether we're happy, you know, and whether mm -hmm. we can be successful. And successful can just be not money, just be happy, just have a, a, a life where you're content. You know what I mean? Let's start with how you got involved with researching highly sensitive people. I came across highly sensitive people during one of my internships when I was at Caltech. And there's a lot of high achievers and yeah. people who are outside the norms socially, intelligence, just a lot of different ways. And so I was introduced to this concept and started reading about it. Elaine Aaron is kind of the Dr. Elaine Aaron. To be clear, I don't do any research studies myself, but I okay. read and consolidate right. research. Sure. Yeah. I understand. Um, just in, in following it, it resonated in my life. And I, I realized it started ringing true for a lot of the clients that I work with. A lot of people in the sciences who are high achievers, have some of these traits and it allows them to do really good work. There's good sides to it and there's difficult sides to it. And so, you know, the work we do is how do we navigate the difficult sides while also anchoring into the good things. A lot of times, and I'll say at least in American culture, because that's where I come from and what I'm familiar with, sensitivity is not very valued. A lot of them grow up hearing, you're too sensitive, you're making things difficult, this is too much. Right. Um, right. And so it, it really gets ingrained that this is a negative thing. That, you know, I have people contact me and they're like, can I cure this? It's <laughs> like, well, it's not as a disease or anything that you need to get out of your life, but there are unique challenges that you face. So how do we come at that in a compassionate way 
to kind of help give you a more sense of balance and the ability to utilize your skills well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, because some some of the uh, attributes of of people that are highly sensitive are that they're empathetic, they're very Mm -hmm. conscientious, they're um, intuitive, they're highly observant. So some of those things can bog you down, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're, Right. You, you know, if you, you know, if you just get stuck on one thing and it's tough to move forward or, 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 or. so I, I found that some of the attributes of highly sensitive people, what can be a positive can also be work as a negative, you know, for you exactly. moving, moving forward. So what do you do um, with a, like a client that comes to you and some of the obstacles that they might have in their characteristic characteristics, their traits that can help them move forward? Like, how do you take those negatives and make them a positive? That's a big question. Um, A lot of it starts with just kind of figuring out where the pain points are. You know, for everyone, that's going to show up differently. And that's based on their individual personalities, but also the contexts that they're in. So a lot of the people I work with, the pain points show up in like career-oriented things, difficult bosses, difficult employment settings, and then how do we figure out a way to navigate that? And with a lot of the people I work with, there's a tendency to take on all of the blame for anything that's happening. Right. And I think it's always easy to kind of point to the sensitive person as the problem. Right. So that becomes a very familiar narrative of like, I'm the problem. Right. Yeah. So part of it is reshaping that narrative of not everything else is the problem, but it's a shared mixture And how do you take ownership of the pieces that you can and where do you have agency to change and where do you let go of some of that stuff that's maybe bogging you down that you actually have no control over. And that can take a while to tease that out. And all of this, a really important piece with highly sensitive people is the role of self-compassion because it's so easy to be judgmental. Interesting. That's yeah. Yeah. That harsh judgment rarely ever serves a functional purpose, right? but it usually yeah. wastes a lot of energy and time and, and thought process. So kind of yeah. redirecting it into, you know, none of us get to choose the bodies that we're born into, the families we're born into, any of that. Right. And so we, we get dealt this mixed bag of privilege and challenge. Yeah. And how do we <laughs> leverage our privilege in ways that feel congruent with our values? Yeah. And how do we navigate the challenges that are unique and I mean, fundamentally unfair. Life is a lot of unfairness. Yes. We have to figure out how to digest that and make peace with that and move forward. Talk a little bit about the imposter syndrome. Yeah. So imposter syndrome is basically, it shows up a lot in in work and it's a very hot topic in STEM fields in general, where you feel like I'm not smart enough or good enough or whatever adjective enough to be here. And at some point, everybody else around me is going to figure that out. And I'm going to get fired, kicked out. They'll break up with me, whatever it is. And so it feels like we're kind of an imposter conning people to believe that we're good at what we're doing when we feel inadequate and insufficient. found that very, very interesting. So about 20% of the population, you figure, has this trait. has this trait. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I know. I'm trying to figure out word, what word to use. And, and, yeah. and, and what is the one, one thing that you would say that sticks out the most when you meet somebody that might have 
this um, HS, who, who is a highly sensitive person? What's the one trait that you that see right away? kind of pings me into yes, this might yeah. be a highly sensitive person. Usually I'll ask if, if they grew up being described as very sensitive, and that usually just kind of opens the door. And then I'll ask some of the other questions in a more casual way that are, are in the popular screening of, you know, how do you do with sights and sounds and smells yep. and... Um, usually people have a pretty good sense of like, this resonates with me. This doesn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the, the major drawbacks I think is a lot of people don't <laughs> like the term highly sensitive because it feel, yeah. they feel judged in it. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's where I lean into like sensory processing sensitivity of yeah. how you kind of, that's what they use in the research literature. And so just to each their own on what they prefer to label it. And then we kind of go with that. So what is the one trait that you see is that they're just highly sensitive to? Yeah. Usually like after they have a, say a distressing social interaction, yeah, there's like layers upon layers of processing that they're doing. Right. And can identify like why things were upsetting, what was difficult. They feel they're usually aware that like, this seems to have upset me more than it upset other people. Okay. Yeah. Um, so maybe just higher distress levels might be the way to phrase yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Is, and is there, there, is there a trait about um, people's childhood that plays into this? Like the way they were brought up and, and some of the sensory things that they dealt with in their childhood or, you know, that play yeah. into this. I, I have two thoughts on that. One is the research shows us that HSPs who are brought up in more nurturing, supportive environments tend to thrive a bit more than their peers. But those who are brought up in environments that are a little more challenging tend to have a harder time than their peers. So that's kind of where we get the um, intensity of emotion or like how they're doing. You can kind right. of see that in their, how they're functioning. Right. The other thing I've noticed is a lot of people with high sensitivity have the question of, do I have autism? And there's this overlap of there's lots of reasons you might be sensitive to sensory input. Right. And that's why that's not the only criteria for being highly sensitive. Um, right. You might be someone that has really sensitive hearing, but everything else is average. Right. Right. Um, but especially in the sciences, a lot of people get labeled as being different. And yeah. so they say you're socially slightly different and you're highly sensitive to sensory input you must have autism. And <laughs> my big thing is autism is a lot more complicated than that. Yeah. Um, and when we slip into that easily labeling things, uh, it's a developmental disorder that affects parts of like your neurological development. Right. It starts to, I think, minimize what the autism community has experienced and what they go through. And right. so it's helpful to not throw that word around flippantly, but it happens. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so let, let's talk a little bit about um, people because I'm all about following your dreams and your goals and all that, you know? And um, so let's try to tie in the highly sensitive person to, 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 to that too, because there's so many 
obstacles that I have learned that people have when it comes to following a dream or a goal they have in their life. You know, um, 98% of people never achieve a dream or goal they have in their life, which mm-hmm. blew me away when I first started doing this. It's work. a really never, high percentage. Yeah, yeah. I never knew that. And it really bothered me, you know, because I have been very fortunate and I've always been able to trudge through and you know, and I always say that I have like no fear, you know, like I'm mm. just, you know, I don't have, I just, I want to do something. I believe in it. I go for it, you know, but mm-hmm. so many people I talk to have barriers, you know, um, that they can't just have no fear. They just don't even know what right. that is like, you know? So if we can talk for a minute about how the highly sensitive person plays into following dreams or goals they have in their life. Yeah. So I like to say HSPs can make really good entrepreneurs because they kind of have the the depth of processing piece to think through all the different steps that are involved. Um, The awareness and judgment to kind of gauge their risk benefit, a pathway through all of those things. That doesn't mean everyone's going to succeed but right. they tend to have a lot of the skills that are helpful. Right. Um, and it can be that HSPs, because they're very conscientious, feel that deep sense of need for a sense of purpose and meaning in what they're doing. Right. And when they don't have that, it can lead to like depression or anxiety because yeah. who they are is not lined up with what they're doing. And right. that can be really distressing. So where that gets challenging is, you know, when you have these contextual pieces, like you have kids that are dependent on you for food and shelter, you have to make a certain amount of income. Like it's very scary to then risk jumping out into doing a dream that isn't guaranteed. Yeah. Um, And so then there's ways to, maybe you can't jump straight into say like a PhD graduate program at the age of 45. Right. Because you have all of these commitments, but maybe there's other ways to approximate that, like doing your own research and reading about something and building a podcast so that you can like get deep into the material. There's ways right. to tap into these things that drive us that aren't necessarily throwing caution to the wind and giving everything right. up. Yeah. So how do you help someone um, that comes to you and let's say that that's one of their barriers that they say, you know, I, 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 I want to, I want to do this, but I, I, I'm being held back somehow, you know, like I feel mm-hmm. I've, so, and, and, and how do you work through that with them to get them to overcome? Cause I think that'd be really interesting for my listeners to understand, mm-hmm. you know, um, how you go through that process to get them to, um, to, to go over, to, to get over that barrier or to work on it in some way, mm-hmm. if, if, if that's, um, if that's an issue for them, you know? Yeah. So we start with kind of how do we gather some data so we can make informed decisions. I tell a lot of my clients, you know, when they're choosing between different large life um, decisions, I don't really have a vested interest in what you choose. Right. (laughs) But my goal is to make sure you're making an informed choice so that you know what you're stepping into. And I do this is going to sound counterintuitive, but I do a lot of grief work with people because any choice you make, you're leaving something else behind. Right. And so we have to really like lay out the pros and cons of everything 
And a lot of it gets into which cons are more distressing. Yeah. Um, which loss can you tolerate and which loss maybe you're not ready to let go of yet. And how right. would you yes. know when you're ready? Yeah. Um, and so kind of exploring it in this way of you don't have to choose right away. Right. But what fits with you? What are your values? Highlighting that, you know, that's one of the exercises in the book. So that when you get these opportunities, how do you evaluate it based on what you value rather than what everybody else thinks you should do? Right. Um, HSPs will often confuse people when like they turn down a promotion. Right. And it's like, why right. would you turn that down? It's like, that's not actually <laughs> the job I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 You know, yeah. 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 I got yeah, into yeah. science to do science, not to be a, a manager of people. Right. And that's right. Right. Two different skill sets. <laughs> um, and so, but that comes down to like knowing what your values are so that when you let go, you still, still hurts to then not get that promotion, right. even though you let yeah. it go. Right. But then how do you work through that, grieve that, make peace with right. it so that you can move on toward the things that are important to you? I understand. Yeah. Okay. And I, I find that a big part of my work is people believing in themselves. Mm. You know, like that's like a big part of it. Like, you know, that if you can find that in yourself to believe in yourself um, that you can overcome a lot, what would be a recommendation from you to people that have that obstacle that, you know, they have trouble believing that they can overcome that or do that, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I think a lot of people underestimate how strong or resilient they can be because they want to avoid painful feelings. Right. Um, and so it feels safer to be here with the pain that I know yeah. than to risk a different kind of pain that I don't know if yeah. I have the bandwidth to deal with. Um, right. right. Which right. if yeah. that's the case, great. Now we know, and you're making an informed decision to stay here. That's within your agency and power to do. Um, but then the other piece, you know, part of working with women and underrepresented minorities is they hear a lot of different message than their majority counterparts. Yeah. And so some of the trouble in believing comes from these messages, implicit and explicit that they hear growing up. And so right. sometimes it's dismantling some of those biases and internalized beliefs that we hold about ourselves. Yes. Um, yeah. I can definitely understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, is really dependent on the family you come from, the cultures you've been involved in, um, yeah. the yeah. countries you've yeah. traveled to, what you've been exposed to. And yeah. so that, that takes time. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I've learned so much um, that our personalities and who we are inside, like I think that you have to be okay with you before you can mm -hmm. accomplish other goals and be successful at them. I just found through, through my own experience like we're all work in progress every day, yes. you know, and I think it's really, I find it fun, you know, yeah. I, I, I do, but other people don't, they struggle with having <laughs> to look inside themselves. Well, there's, there's vulnerability with that. And that's terrifying yeah. because if you, because yeah. part of knowing yourself well is knowing your weaknesses also, yeah. you know, I'm not yeah. good at this. So I hired someone to do it for me, or right. I'm not good at this. So like, how do we, we share this responsibility? Right. But if you've had experiences where you share something you're not good at and somebody uses that as a weapon against you, right. Ooh, you learn real fast to never share anything. Yeah. And then yeah, you yeah, kind of yeah. retreat into safety and then you miss yeah. out on 
pursuing things that you love. Yeah. I, I find that the failures are as good as the successes. You know, I, I, I yeah. they're yeah, very I, valuable. You learn a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And but you also have to what, tolerate some of that discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of what I did with my boys that really started this whole podcast and this whole idea of dream, believe, never give up was that I let them see me fail, you know, when, mm. I, when, they, when, when they were young and I sat them down and said, dad's chasing his dream. You know, and they remember these conversations, but it didn't work this time, but I'm yeah. not going to stop. And they remember that and they, and they, you know, and they process that in their own mind to, to kind of move forward in, in life. But I, I find that, um, yeah, it's, it's really, yeah. really, really interesting. You know, that. sharing those types of experiences with kids, again, that's vulnerable. Your kids might judge you because their brains aren't fully developed. Right. Right. But that helps them learn how to digest the world and shape how much they judge other people, how they approach dreams and differences, et cetera. Those yeah. are really valuable things for kids to experience. But yeah. we often want yeah. to protect our kids from anything uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And so we yeah. avoid conversations about death or disappointment or failure. Right. right. And then they right. don't build those skills as they're growing. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I found through my work is that so many people give up, you know, I found that mm-hmm. I've asked some of the most successful people, um, in this world, a question, you know, why, why are you so successful? And they say, because I stayed in it longer than anybody else I started mm-hmm. with, you know, and that was yeah. such an interesting question. I mean, it was such an interesting answer, you know, that they just stayed in it. Like they started doing this with other people at the same time. And those people are not around anymore, but they're still there. Like yeah. they didn't, they never gave up. And I think that, you know, that's, that's a really neat um, uh, uh, observation. So let's, let's wrap in the STEM work that mm-hmm. you do. Okay. So um, that's the science, technology, engineering, and math. And tell me how you work with your, your clients and you work that into what they're doing. So they're usually mid, mid-career type people um, I, from what I was reading, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. And just yeah, tell me a little bit about how STEM plays into this. Yeah. So I think of it kind of like a, a cultural group um, in the same way that you know, you might specialize in another type of cultural group. There's commonalities in how they think, what the values are, career being a really significant value. Um, right. And so, you know, some, depending on your school of thought and therapy, you might say like your career is avoiding the emotional work. But with a lot of people in STEM, like your career is intimately tied to your emotional world um, and it's part of who you are. And so, leaving that out of therapy is leaving out a huge chunk of their yes. identity. Understand. Um, and then I, I think, you know, in research and more kind of scientific minded. Um, and I found a lot of my clients from STEM fields value knowing the research. You know, I can tell them this is what we found on anxiety. And two weeks later, they're like, I did a deep dive on this. You know, I implemented these strategies. I'm doing this. And they just like take it and run with it because they're ready to change and grow. Um, And that I love doing that work. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, like, give me like an example client. So the STEM is for science, technology, engineering, and math. Mm -hmm. And so how do you implement those aspects into like a client? So just so I understand. Yeah. Um, So it's usually they are working in one of those fields. 
Okay, understand. Okay. Um, so they're like a grad student in one of those fields, or they're working in a tech company, or um, any sort of like aerospace research, biomedical facility, like all sorts of STEM right. activities. Okay. Um, and there's usually some sort of stressor around the amount of time that people in STEM fields are expected to work each week is yeah. profoundly ridiculous. Yes. And then yeah. there's all of this, you know, your worth as a human starts to be tied to your productivity. Right. But yeah. then if you're starting to have problems, then are you worthless as a human? Right. Um, and it really starts to kind of mess with people's sense of identity and self. And there's right. so much pressure, you know, they're in labs that are doing this research that they're hoping to, you know, get the Nobel prize one day. That's so much pressure. Yeah. 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 And that will bring any challenges like really up to the surface. And it's very yeah. easy to kind of fall apart at a certain yeah. point. You know, we yeah. all can sustain stress to a certain point and we all have that breaking point. Right. Yeah. And yeah. in these fields, you know, like medicine's a great example. It yeah. sort of seemed like if you, if you break, then you're just too weak for this field. Yeah. And they use that mindset to really, reinforce abusive practices. Yeah. You know, I don't want anyone operating on me. That's been awake for 72 hours. Right. We yeah. shouldn't be training people to do that. Yeah. yeah it's, There's it's times really where that's necessary, but maybe we can reimagine what the field looks like Yeah, and come yeah. at this from a different perspective. Yeah. I, I, you know, I understand my son, um, um, operates on children, um, mm -hmm. it's a pediatric oncology in an oncology hospital, you know, and I don't know how he does it, you know what I mean? You know, and so this is so interesting for me that we're having this discussion because I, I relate it to Patrick and, mm -hmm. and how, and what he deals with, you know, and how he uh, assimilates, you know, going to work every day and knowing that yeah. there are really terrible things happening around him every day, but he, this is what he loves to do. You know, he, yeah. you, know, you know, and, but the pressure that goes along with that, and so many other people's careers in different mm -hmm. type of work, you know? And so it really is interesting. So now I really fully understand STEM, you know, I, I, yeah. I discussed this with you. It's, and it's, it really it's one of those is. things. I also see a lot of people as they hit mid career, start to develop chronic illness or like autoimmune disorders. Yeah. And that's one of those yeah. things that you can train yourself to function and fight or flight all the time. Right. At some point it takes a toll on your body or your relationships or other things. Yeah. And so usually people show up when they're like, this isn't working anymore. I need a new way to do things. Yeah. To figure it out. Yeah. yeah. And this is where you can, this is why this is so interesting and everything. It's so interesting. You know, I'm so glad that you took the time today to be on Thank with you. me. You know, I really, I really have enjoyed it and I look forward to it for a long time. Um, if you were going to make one recommendation Mm -hmm. um, to, to people that are following their dreams and goals. Um, what, what would you say, um, as far as, um, to work on as a, uh, as a person inside, you know, to prepare yourself for, you know, as, as, as a clinical psychologist, somebody who works mm -hmm. with people and understands people, what would you say to the people that are chasing a dream or a goal? And, um, what is the one thing that they should focus on for themselves? Yeah. I think one, you can really only measure yourself against yourself. When you okay. start to measure yourself against other people, it really, it's an unfair metric. Yeah. 
Uh, and I think the other is finding support. I'm yeah. always going to be an advocate for therapy, but yeah. that doesn't work for everybody. And so finding the places where you can get emotional, social support, um, we need each other. We need people that are positive, supportive influences. Yes. That doesn't mean they're always going to tell us what we want to hear, but you've got right. to find those kind of trusted sources who can walk with you through it and who you yeah. know will have your back, even when they yeah. sometimes give you difficult feedback. Yeah. 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 That's fantastic. I really want to thank you there very much for You're coming welcome. on and being with me. I really enjoyed this conversation. I know my listeners are going to enjoy it. Um, I will put everything up on my website, the empowered, highly sensitive person um, and your other, the self-care plan for highly sensitive people. Mm-hmm. I'll put those up on the website so people can get the books. I've bought the books for numerous people. Oh, so thank it's kind you. Of funny. <laughs> Because I thought it was so good. And I was like, you know, when I wrote people. it, I thought if this helps five people, this is worth writing. Yeah. And yeah. well, you got I five think it's helped more family. than that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got five in this family right here. So, yeah. I was checking on making sure they did their homework and everything. I said, no, are you on this <laughs> You're on this section yet? And what do you think and everything? So I really enjoyed um, digging deep into this and, and really have enjoyed talking to you. So um, thank you, Amanda Cassell, Dr. Amanda, thank you very much for being on. I appreciate it. Okay. You're welcome. And we'll, and we'll keep in touch. Yes. Okay. And Sounds I'll have everything good. up on my website too. You got it. Thanks so much. Take care. Have All a great right. day. I hope you enjoyed the show today. You can always reach us at dreambelievepodcast.com. You can always reach me at george at dreambelievepodcast.com. Check us out on social media. And if you'd like to be part of the show and share your story, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, thank you very much for listening. 